Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And uh, we have a good show for you this week. We're going to talk a lot about the coaches around the league. Uh, we're also going to talk about Boots Boudreau getting hired by Minnesota and talk about the NHL and the playoffs and the uh, the next four teams that have advanced. So we're going to get you caught up on all of that action. Um, we'll start with the coaches around the league, Eddie, uh, for the, duck, uh, the Ducks, basically, uh, who's in and out. And uh, a lot of coaches have been picked up this week. Uh, the field's been narrowing a little bit, Eddie, as uh, Sutter resigned with the uh, LA Kings. Crawford and, and Boucher both got picked up by Ottawa. So we've seen the field uh, get a little bit smaller for Anaheim. Yeah, and you know some of the names that we thought we were realistically going to be in on was definitely, I mean, Sutter with him not resigning. Uh, you know, there was still a good chance he was going to resign. It's just weird when you see a guy like that, uh, you know, last so long before they sign a contract with him. Uh, probably working out all the details, but now he's off the table, and that was probably the you know the number one choice for the Ducks. Um, and then you see two guys go to one one team, and, and Guy Boucher and Mark Crawford both going to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you know, Guy Boucher obviously being the head coach and, and Mark Crawford being the assistant. And, and, and that takes off two guys off the table, too. And I know we all thought Boudreaux was going to go to Ottawa, but it turns out he ends up going to Minnesota. And, you know, he's got a he's got a good chance to win with that team, too. I think it was a little bit surprising. You and me were, were pretty much set on him going to, to Ottawa, being close to home and, and with a young team and everything. But, you know, he flips the script and ends up in, in, with the Wild. Yeah, I agree, and, and there were a lot of other people too that you know thought he would go to Ottawa as well, since uh, he has family out that way. And we'll get to some of the comments that he made because I know uh, several fans had some uh, you know reactions to some of the things that he said, uh, d- actually directly aimed at our own fans and at the, the players on the Ducks uh, specifically. Uh, gets off in Paris, so we'll get to that. But as far as the the coaching search uh, for Anaheim is going, it's kind of interesting. Uh, another name came up this last week, uh, Luke Richardson also from the Ottawa organization. He was assistant coach there for three years, and then he was the coach in the AHL for four years. And um, in both of those positions, um, the teams, the NHL and AHL, Ottawa teams respectively, made the playoffs a couple years each. So, uh, you know, he had a decent run. Uh, The last season wasn't too great. Uh, But the interesting thing about Luke, and you and I talked about this, Eddie, is that he did not get picked up by Ottawa. He's been looking for an NHL coaching job, they went with uh, Guy Boucher instead, and then obviously brought in Crawford as the assistant. So now he's looking to go to another team. Obviously, the Ducks and Calgary are the two that are out there uh, you know, looking for coaches. But it's kind of a red flag, Eddie, when you see a guy get passed over you know, not once but really twice in Ottawa. Especially by his own team, too, and I think that – uh, you know, that might speak to the Senators wanting to look for maybe a more experienced coach and, and not wanting to go the AHL route. You know, you sometimes see teams do that. Obviously, you know, there's there's examples that, that we've mentioned before of, of, you know, Tampa Bay picking up uh, um, John Cooper from the AHL and, and you know, uh, Detroit going with Blashill after Babcock left. So some teams decide to go the AHL route. And, you know, uh, Ottawa, I think this one is the more experienced, but it does speak to the fact they didn't think that he was the guy for the job. And, you know, I know, I know the Ducks are, are probably interested, but you know they they have a huge list, and, and we you know we put out a big list of our own too, and uh, you know they're just going to be pretty much interviewing everybody out there right now. 
Yeah, and I think, like you said, I, w- I would stay away or at least investigate. If you're going to consider Luke Richardson, I would definitely would be talking to several people in Ottawa as to the fact of why he was not picked up as a coach or, or um, assistant coach as well because there has to be some reasoning. I mean, maybe it's it's nothing that's a big deal, but still it's something that raises your eyebrow and you kind of go, okay, what you know, what's going on here uh, with the Senators and, and his relationship? So. Uh, I don't know if he'd be a good fit. I mean, he, he's done okay in Ottawa, but there'd have to be some research done uh, in terms of the relationship there. And as well this week, some of the other names that um, some have come up, you know, multiple times um, and new ones have come up too. So we've seen internally uh, McLean's name come up, of course. Uh, I've also heard, and it hasn't been out there as much in the media, but Trent Yanni's name has been thrown around as well, which we expected as both of them being the assistants. Uh, the other ones that come up from outside has been Travis Green and Mike Yo, and we know that the Ducks are, are talking to both of them. There's been some reports about that as well, Eddie. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see which one of these guys may come in. You know, one situation I, I thought that could happen is maybe McLean comes in and, and you know, and he's the head coach, and maybe you put Richardson in as an assistant. I mean, I know he you know wants the head coaching job, but maybe that's something you try to do instead. Uh, and uh, bringing him in as a head coach, uh, they both you know came from Ottawa and worked together there, so there's a good relationship there. Uh, that might be something to do. Uh, otherwise, you know, I don't really know what the Ducks are going to do as far as picking up a new coach. Uh, they may look outside, and another name like Richardson may surface that we don't know. Um, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards right now. The only other option possibly could be Dallas Eakins. Uh, sadly, the San Diego Gulls lost an Ontario Reign yesterday, and they got knocked out in that series uh, four games to one. So maybe that's another option, Eddie. Yeah, and really nothing's out of the question right now. I mean, so out of nowhere, we saw Ottawa sign two guys who were in the running for head coaching jobs and hire one of them as an assistant. So, you know, that's not out of the question. I mean, I think McLean is, has to be the front runner now with uh, with Sutter being signed. Um, I think he's one of the best fits if you're going to go with a guy with some NHL experience. Obviously, losing uh, Boucher and, and Crawford to Ottawa opens that up for him. But there's still some other guys out there, and I know we've mentioned Travis Green, and it's still a risk, obviously, having a guy with no NHL experience. But you know, Mike Yo is another name that's out there. Uh, Randy Carlisle's still out there. There's there's a lot of guys still <laughs> out there. You know, only a couple of names got scratched off a pretty big list. So uh, there's still a lot of time to see who the Ducks are going to hire as their head coach. Yeah, I think the key in this process, Eddie, for the Ducks is, uh, you know, and this has come up this week as well, as some people have talked about Murray uh, taking his time. Obviously, there's teams playing in the playoffs, um, and, and some have suggested that maybe he's waiting to see how some of these teams do. Obviously, the Islanders, uh, you know, got knocked out. We saw Nashville get knocked out, uh, Dallas as well. So we've seen some of these teams, um, the Capitals too, which we were all surprised, and we'll talk about all this a little bit later in the show. But in terms of the coaching aspect, uh, some people have suggested maybe Murray has been waiting to see how some of these teams do. And then, you know, if an assistant or a head coach becomes available because of, you know, the team getting knocked out in the playoffs. So maybe he's taking a wait and uh, see approach, Eddie. Yeah, and I think, you know, St. Louis was definitely a, a big wait and see with, with Ken Hitchcock. I think they're almost in the same boat as the Ducks. As, you know, this year we have to make uh, at least the, the conference finals uh or, you know, his job could have been, you know, he could have been relieved of his duties. And I, I think that making the, the conference finals this year and 
I think that really, that, I think that locks up his job. I mean, I don't think it's Stanley Cup or bust for them. I, I think they still have the, a pretty big window with Tarasenko and Schwartz and Fabry, and their their core is pretty young right now. But you know, with the teams already been knocked out, he might have been waiting just to see if uh, you know Ken Hitchcock becomes available or, or somebody else. You know, the Islanders being knocked out and some other teams just to to see if he can add some more names to his list, but. You know, with nobody really making any moves to coaching-wise, uh, you know, you, the guys that are out there now are the guys that are going to be available, you know, a month from now. So I think the the decision should have to come pretty soon. Yeah, and I think the key, you know, whoever they bring in, I think the biggest issue, and I think this is why, uh, you know, you've seen Eric Stevens mention uh, Randy Carlisle and a few other people have mentioned his name as well, is maybe you have to bring in somebody that has experience, uh, that's won a Stanley Cup and, you know, can basically take the stars on this team, Kessler, Perry, and Getzloff, and, you know, guide them in the right direction because, um, you know, there's been a lot of criticism, uh, not aimed so much at Kessler, obviously, but definitely Perry and, and Getzloff. So I think you're going to need an experienced coach to come in, uh, you know, set the path straight for everybody and get the season going next year. I mean, I, th- I think if you bring in a guy that's, you know, a little bit younger in age or, or only has the AHL experience, I don't know how much, you know, a Perry and a Getzloff are going to, you know, respect that person. I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but, you know, it's a little bit different scenario if you bring in someone that's been there, done that, as opposed to someone that's newer. Uh, I, I just, I kind of lean more towards an experienced coach, um, though I don't, I don't really agree with Carlisle, obviously, because there was issues in the past and, and, you know, I don't know if that situation's changed, and obviously that's mainly Perry and Getzloff that had issue with them back then. But if that hasn't changed, then that, you know that wouldn't really be a good fit. But like I said, someone that's been there, done that, um, that's you know a proven success uh, in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, it's kind of scary because there's not a lot of people out there, Eddie, that uh, are in that boat in terms of you know coaches that are available. Yeah, and the guys that have won a Stanley Cup, it, it you know it kind of goes down. And I mean, Yo won a Stanley Cup uh, as assistant coach with with the Penguins. Uh, uh, I mean, Guy Boucher well, was with the Lightning. Uh, we obviously Randy Carlyle won the the Cup as a coach of the Ducks in '07, and, and then you've got Bob Hartley who won. Uh, the cup with the Colorado Avalanche way back in, in the early 2000s. So, uh, I mean, those are your options right now if you want to go with an experienced guy. And I, I think it is, it is uh, you know, a good option for the Ducks to go with someone with some experience. Uh, I mean, the window is, is definitely closing. Getzlap, Perry, and Kessler are, are getting higher and higher into the 30s every year. So, I mean, there's only so long that that window is going to stay open for before their play dips down and, and you're going to have to look, you know, focus on rebuilding and, and, and stocking up some younger guys. So, I think if uh, if they think having a guy like uh, Travis Green or, or Sheldon Keefe or, or even Luke Richardson come in and, and guys with uh, limited experience, uh, yeah, it, it definitely could be a, you know raise a problem if the players don't you know uh, um, if the players don't accept them uh, because of their experience or because of their history. Yeah, I agree, I and mean, that's what I think uh, Murray's trying to consider right now is whether to go with an experienced coach or, or one that's not as experienced uh, and, and go outside the box. And I mean, honestly, we've seen Murray do that several times with you know the draft picks and the trades and things like that. So, I mean, there's a possibility that there's some other name out there that we haven't considered or that other people haven't either, and he goes that route. So. It's going to be interesting, you know, the next week or two, uh, you know, hopefully this gets locked down and then we can, you know, move forward and, and keep our eyes on the draft. And then obviously all the free agency 
which we've talked about at length too, because, you know, the Ducks have several RFAs and UFAs as well, and uh, they're not going to be able to keep everybody. So it'd be nice to get the coach in place and then go, you know, on to that next step, Eddie, because that's what we're going to have to deal with, uh, you know, coming up here in June and July. Yeah, and it's not like it's uh, an assistant GM or a GM where, where you know, the draft is, is something you need to have a head coach for. Um, I, you know, they have a lot of time to wait and, and really make the best decision. And, and maybe, you know, they want to build their team and, and then wait and see, you know, what, what team they're going to have and then hire a coach. You know, there's a lot of ways they could do this. They could decide to hire them before the draft to get it done. So all they can do is focus on the draft. And that's something, you know, that is definitely realistic and it would be a good option for Murray to do if he just wants to, you know, focus on the draft, focus on the free agents, focus on uh, his UFAs and RFAs and, and everything like that. But, you know, he could he could go the other route and, and build the team first and, and re-sign guys, let some guys go, make some trades, to, you know, obviously go through the draft and, and look at the team he has and decide which coach, coach which is the best fit for that team. So I don't think there's any hurry for the Ducks right now, and, and obviously we've seen that so far with some names coming off the board. You know, you, you bring up an interesting point because, you know, a lot of people really haven't mentioned that is they, they've been talking and, um, you know, they've been asking me questions about the coaching situation and, you know, when is Murray going to make a decision and we have to hurry up and, and all of that. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point. Maybe Murray decides to build up the team and get, you know, the players that he can keep and, and trade and make some moves elsewhere. And, you know, once he determines what his roster is going to be, because we know it's going to change, you know, pretty significantly. I mean, there's obviously there's a core that's locked up with this team and is going to come back. But there's also, you know, the especially the bottom six forwards that, I mean, outside of Garbutt coming back next year with his one more year, you don't really know what the bottom six is going to be. You have McGinn and Perron to figure out, you know, um, obviously Raquel and Lindholm are the big ones that, you know, we've beat a dead horse about those, the goalie situation. I mean, there's so much stuff that Murray really has to consider this summer. It, you know, it might not be a bad idea, like you said, Eddie, for him to slow it down and think, okay, how am I going to figure out my forwards? How am I going to figure out the defense too? I mean, you know, Votnin's another name too that we've talked about at length. So it might not be a bad idea to go through the draft, get your team ready for next year, and then go, okay, this is my team and this is who I want to have coach. Um, you know, it's an idea that a lot of people haven't brought up. Um, maybe it's not something that's, you know, traditional in the way some people run a team, but if the Ducks were to do that, I wouldn't be upset either. I mean, either way, if they pick someone the next couple of weeks or they, they wait till then, um, you know, I trust whatever they're, they're going to do. But I do think that that's a, a good option that you uh, mentioned, Eddie. Yeah, and it's not like you're fighting with four or five teams right now to, to sign a head coach. I mean, Ottawa's already done their business. Minnesota's done theirs. It's really only the Ducks in Calgary right now who have no head coach. So there's a lot of guys out there, and, and there's only two teams really looking to hire right now. So I think... You know that plays into it as well. Um, I think if if there there's no coach hired by the end of May, I think Murray's obviously it would it would seem like he's made his decision and he's going to focus on the draft and free agency. So you know the draft in June and free agency obviously on July first and make sure he's got all the guys signed that he wants signed. Focus on some trades at the draft because it, it's going to be a busy draft for the Ducks and it's going to be a busy free agency as well. Like you said, the, the bottom six uh, with guys like McGinn and Perron. Uh, Stewart, Perry, you know, th those guys are some guys who might not be there next year. And, and you know, he's going to have to focus on how he wants to build this team and, 
Although we already mentioned that there might be some trades done at the draft involving maybe Anderson or Gibson or, or Vatanen as well. So that's an option for the Ducks too. And, you know, if, if it's not done by the end of May, we could really see him wait until maybe, you know, late July, early August. It could even go that long. Yeah, exactly. Um, it could take some time. And, you know, we uh, found out that one team wasn't going to waste time and, that team was the Minnesota Wild that ended up uh, picking up Bruce Brudeau pretty quickly there. Um, as we mentioned earlier, um, he's now signed a contract uh, for the next four years, uh, a little over $10 million with the Wild. And uh, it's going to be interesting times in Minnesota. Uh, obviously, they're excited to have him there. Um, we all know Minnesota's made the playoffs the last four years, but they, they haven't been able to get past the second round. Um, so they're locked down. You know, The Ducks don't have to worry about you know Minnesota trying to take any other you know candidates out there because obviously Bruce is now there. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch Minnesota though and see what happens. I, I think they'll do well in the playoffs. Um, I'm sorry, they'll do well in the regular season, but it'll be interesting to see how far they go in the playoffs in the next couple seasons, Eddie. Yeah, and and it's kind of been disappointing for them. I remember when uh, way back when they were able to, to take Parise and Suter uh, in the same year and, and bring them to their hometown, and obviously in Minnesota. And then you know they everybody said, well, this is going to be a Stanley Cup favorite now, and you know they're going to be good for the next five to ten years, even like the, that's how good everybody thought they're going to be. They're locked up for a long time, and they've kind of been disappointing over the last few seasons kind of barely making the playoffs and some missing out on others and you know they still have a very good team they Parise is still there Suter is still there you know Vanek Palmerville's there Miku Koivu is there um, and it's kind of a similar build to the Ducks they've, they've got some aging stars on their team you know over 30 now and a couple young guys in Grandland and Coyle and Niederreiter um, in a very young blue line they've got Mike Riley Matt Dumba Jonas Brodeen and Jared Spurgeon, who are all, uh, you know, those, a couple of those guys are 21, 22, and then Spurgeon being 26 is, is the second oldest on that blue line, only to Suter. So it's a, kind of a similar makeup, too, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with this team. I think they, they still have, you know, uh, a lot of potential in their team. I think they they can still go far. They they have a pretty good core in place, and I think they just need the right head coach, and, and you know, they might have got that now in Bruce. You know, and of course, the uh, the big story too this week was uh, some of the comments that uh, Bruce made. Uh, you know, he held a press conference at the uh, XL Energy Center in Minnesota, and uh, he made some comments about some of the players and some of the fans in regards to Anaheim. And uh, of course, some people, you know, obviously they brought it to my attention, and we talked about it because people were upset. Um, I thought the comments were a little interesting. I mean, uh, we'll kind of go with the the fan comment first, if you will. Um, you know, he talked about, um, basically, he said, quote, the fact that the whole state of Minnesota is hockey nuts, I thought it would be a real interesting difference coming from Anaheim. And, uh, you know, some fans got upset about that comment, um, you know, kind of thought it was, you know, a little parting shot at us. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't really think a big deal of it. I, I thought some people kind of made it a bigger deal of this comment, Eddie. I mean, you and I talked about Hitler and his comments, too, and he left. And obviously people got upset about that, too, because it was similar to what Boudreaux said. And, uh, you know, I mean, was it necessary? Probably not. He probably didn't need to say it. But, you know, I don't know. It didn't really upset me too much. I mean, you know more than I do because you live in Canada and you see it with Toronto and obviously, you know, the, the Midwest teams, Minnesota, Chicago, things like that. I mean, you know, obviously hockey is big up there. And, and down here we have, a, you know, so many different sports and things to do. 
um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the fans there have been very good, and I think we've gotten even stronger, especially in the last you know ten years of the Ducks winning the Cup, and then obviously the Kings winning, and you know the Sharks have been now they're in the Western Conference Final, and you know I think the California fans have gotten you know very into hockey, especially with the AHL teams coming out too. So. You know, I you know I'm not really mad at what he's saying, but you know maybe it was a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, we've seen that with Hiller's comments too, and I I know I people got to realize he's not calling out the fans who go to every single game and and who are, you know who are the core fans of the team and and, and all that. He you know and he's just kind of stating as a whole that that Minnesota is more of a hockey state than California, and I don't really think he's wrong either. And that's not to say that the Ducks don't have great fans and, and you know, that California is in a great hockey city now. I mean, it obviously is. If you look at the last uh, seven or eight years, there's always been a California team in the Western Conference Final, and, you know, that speaks to how California ha- has developed uh, hockey in the state. But, you know, Minnesota has always been about hockey. I mean, they have uh, some very, very good NCAA teams, and, and they get a lot of turn- out for them and you know it, it is a hockey state is, is you know and obviously you, you can come up to Canada and you can see every city is a hockey city too and, and I I think it is a, a little bit more of a, of a fanatic of environment and then than in, in Anaheim but I mean I, I'm not too disappointed by the comments either obviously I don't live there but I, I being a fan of the team it, you know it, it kind of hits you a little bit saying you know it feels like he's calling you out as a fan but I think like I said he's just kind of He's just kind of mentioning that it's a bit of a different environment, and and I don't really think he's wrong either. So, yeah, I mean, it. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, Minnesota's a hockey state. Maybe they're a little bit more nuts than we are, but you know what? We're getting pretty nuts too. So, I mean, yeah. it's the way it is down. I mean, I went to one of the goal games this season, and the fans they're all into it. I mean, they're crazy rabid into it. So, I mean. You know, I think, uh, like you said, he's maybe just talking about the difference uh, going up there and how it's going to be. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I didn't really take it too much of a, you know, the negative connotation towards us. I, I really took the other comments I thought were more interesting um, towards Ovechkin, uh, Getzloff, and Perry. You know, he talked about how, um, and this was the quote that was put out there on the internet. Uh, uh, out of Minnesota is that uh, quote as much as I like Ovechkin and Getzloff and Perry you don't need those guys to win so that comment came out and that one to me was more of the interesting one of the two um, because it, it's kind of a weird comment because it, it's like he's he's trying to pump up himself uh, you know and I can I can win without those guys but then it's like, well, you didn't win with those guys, so it's kind of like, what do you? I mean, what are you really saying? Yeah. And you know, it's kind of confusing, Eddie. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, and you do have stars in Minnesota, so I, I don't know if the Minnesota stars are like, well, you know, you, you have Parise, you have uh, Suter, you have Vanek, Koivu. You know, uh, some guys are more aging than others, but you still have these guys. You have Dubnik, who's you know a, a pretty quality goaltender. I mean. I don't know. I just thought that that comment was was kind of interesting. I don't know if it was a shots fired towards you know the, the stars so much or more him just trying to tell Minnesota you know that because uh, he also said that you know um, he said quote you can do it as a team uh, and that they can win without necessarily you know, relying on a couple people and I I think that's what he meant but I just thought it was very strange for him to mention those three superstars in the comments i, I thought he could have said it a different way yeah and, and it is weird when you when you mention that because he did mention the superstars so it's almost like he's saying you can win without superstars so you can 
you know, you can win without Getzlaff, Perry, and Ovechkin. But, I mean, Parise is definitely a superstar in the NHL. Suda is a superstar in the NHL. Uh, I mean, Koivu and Vanek and Palmerville are very good players as well. So, uh, I mean, it, 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 I get that he wants to say you can win with just a team and you don't need to, to rely on superstars. But, I mean, you know, the Ducks didn't always rely on Getzlaff and, and Perry, and they won games without them as well. Obviously, they didn't go far in the playoffs this year. But, you know, it's if you're going to mention a team who's, uh, who's going to win as a team, I, I think you know uh, Minnesota isn't the best the best option to say you're going to win without superstars. You could look at the the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, who are, who've won games without Bishop and without um, Strawman and without uh, obviously Stamkos, who was a superstar either. Uh, so I mean, that if you're going to if he was in Tampa and he said, oh, we can win without you know a guy like Steven Stamkos and we can win without, win without Ben Bishop, it would make sense, but. You know, definitely Parisian suitor or superstar. So it's kind of a, again, almost an unnecessary and and just an awkward comment to, for him to to really bring up. Yeah, you know, and if I'm Getzlaff and Perry, uh, as all of you know, they've taken a lot of heat and uh, over the you know last couple of weeks from the season, and then obviously, of course, the you know the past you know now four playoffs that they've lost. Um, I would use it as motivation, Eddie. That's the way I look at it. I mean, I wouldn't look at it as, um, you know, Boudreaux so much shots fired, if you will, kind of a thing, though it kind of is. I would look at it as like, you know what? Okay, fine. You know, go go to Minnesota. We'll see you next year when, when the Ducks play them. And obviously that first game in Anaheim, you know, have that date circled, all of us, and we'll be anticipating that game. But if I'm Getzloff and Perry – I take it as a as a positive in the sense that I'm going to use that as motivation uh, to do better next season. Uh, you know, not just the season, obviously the playoffs. That's the way I would take it. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a personal shot at them, but you know, do it. Um, come out next season on fire, and you know, maybe the Ducks, you know, meet Minnesota next year in the Western Conference Final, and, and the Ducks knock them out. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean. There's a lot that has to go on, obviously, as we've already mentioned in the next couple months. But that's the way I would take those comments, Eddie, if I'm those two guys gets up and parry. Yeah, and I'm sure that's how they'll take it too. I mean, you know, they're 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 clutch guys, so they 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 understand how it works, and I'm sure they're not hurt by the comments uh, that that he's made. Uh, I mean, I get they get it too. He's a coach of a new team now; they got to move on. Uh, I think they're waiting to see who's going to coach this team next year, and, and you know, they're ready to to make up for for this season and do better next year. And you know, obviously, they want to do that. They they obviously want to win a, another cup or two before. Uh, before they have to retire, so you know they're they're going to be fired up next year, and, and hopefully uh, you know they can make it farther than they did this year. Yeah, and speaking of the playoffs, you know it's uh, it's gotten narrowed down to four teams. Um, four teams you and I thought would make it made it. Um, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh playing in the East have uh, the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks in the West. Uh, obviously, when we talked about it last week, uh, the series between uh, Tampa Bay and the Islanders and then Pittsburgh and Washington were not so much in doubt. I mean, they're, they're both teams are up 3-1, to one, so it wasn't hard for us to, to go with who we thought was going to win. Um, but what's interesting uh, was in the West, you had both games go to Game 7s. St. Louis goes into Dallas and just straight up destroys them, uh, beats them 6-1 to one in Dallas. And you also have San Jose at home, and you see them also dismantle uh, Nashville 5-0. Uh, you saw the, the video of Rene losing it, pulling a Jonathan Quick and breaking his stick on the, on the post, and, and them getting knocked out. And that's where I was surprised, Eddie. I mean, you and I both thought that the Blues 
and the Sharks would win. But I just, I mean, I watched both those games, and I was just really amazed at how they each dominated those game sevens. Yeah, uh, I and you know, for for Dallas, it's kind of the story of the of the year for them. We talked about how uh, you know how their their team and their goaltending, it, you know, they have a great goal scoring. Ben Sagan, uh, Spezza, you know, they can score a lot of goals. Their defense is a little bit better this year, but their goaltending has always been the question. And you know, they played great for three games this season uh, for that series, and they played terrible for four games. And that was this, you know, that was how it worked out. You you see in uh, in game seven, letting in starts. Does bad, Niami comes in and can't do any better, and, and it ends up hurting them. And they lose Game Seven, they get blown out and, and, and on home ice, and it's, and it's embarrassing for them. And you know, we talked about how Calgary was probably the only team looking for a goalie in the offseason. Well, you know, I think you can add Dallas into that mix now because you know the, there's definitely some questions there. And, and they thought having Latin and Niami this year was going to be the key for them, and, and obviously that didn't work out. So you know, they could be a, a team that's going to be in on a guy like Anderson or Gibson if the Ducks decide to trade one of them. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility for people to you know to keep their eye on. Is as Dallas may be one of those teams that the Ducks uh, look to make some kind of a move, you know, in regard to the goalie situation. Like you said, the way that that series went, neither one of the goalies could you know be consistent for you know the entire series. And and we've talked about this before, uh, as far as teams trying to ride two goalies in the playoffs, it, it really doesn't work. It, it just doesn't. Um, yeah, you can try one for one series and then one for another series, but when you're changing them out, you know, you know, every game or every two games, you know, I forgot what the stats were. There was that article that was out, but there was like one team in the last 50 years that it's it's happened. So, I'm not saying it couldn't happen again, but you know, this was another case where it went that way, Eddie. It, it didn't work out for them. I mean, granted, they didn't have uh, Tyler Seguin, so I mean that obviously hurt them a little bit too. But uh, you can't take away from the Blues. The Blues played uh, extremely well uh, this series and a couple of the games, not just Game Seven. They they really handed it to uh, Dallas, and and now they're going to face San Jose today in Game One, and that's going to be an interesting series. Eddie, uh, same thing with the Sharks. The Sharks, you know, they took out Nashville. They had uh, obviously we talked about the controversial overtime. Uh, goal that was taken away i really thought san jose should have won anyways but you know they still won the series so they're going to go on a battle and this is a series that i think is going to for sure go at least six games if not seven yeah and it has to and and, you know st louis finally uh, you know fulfilling their potential and making the conference final and, and the sharks you know long overdue making it back to the conference finals and you know it's um it's going to be a great matchup. It's a team that can score a lot of goals against a team that prides itself defensively. And, and you know, the, obviously the Blues can score a lot of goals too. They have some great goal scorers, and, and Bacchus has been scoring for them in the playoffs. And obviously, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko is their 40 goal scorer this year. So he's the guy who's going to be key for them in this series. But, you know, it, it's going to be a, a big goaltending battle too. And, and Martin Jones has been good, and, and Brian Elliott's been good as well. So I, I think it's two evenly matched teams, and, it, and and it's definitely going to go far. I'd be surprised to see a team, you know, take this in, in you know, four or five. I, I think that would be a little bit ridiculous. I think it, it definitely has to go six or seven. Yeah, and I think you and I both agree. We think uh, the Blues will, will prevail in this one. Not that it's going to be easy, but that's who we're picking in the West, right, Eddie? Yeah, I, I really think the Blues are are the team this year. I think uh, you know I have them winning the cup uh, in one of my brackets. I think they're they're a complete team finally. I think uh, you know Tarasenko is playing the best hockey he's he's played in his career. You know Fabry has come up for them and he's been huge for them. Uh, you know Stastny, Backus, Schwartz, you know just you name it that that team is firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, they've got some great depth. 
know, a very good blue line, and, and Brian Elliott's been, you know, the the you know he's answered the questions in that uh, in the playoffs and then during the season. So I think they have what it takes uh, to finally you know make it to the, the the Cup final and win it this year. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, going with one goalie, uh, you know, that's what you got to do. Um, if you talk about goalies too in the East, we have an interesting situation. Uh, game one was already played between Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay already out, uh, you know, without uh, Stamkos, obviously, and Strawman. But in this game, you see Bishop go out. Uh, X-rays came back negative on his knee. Uh, they're saying he's day-to-day. Don't know if he's going to play in game two. But they go on and win this game at, a, you know, 3-1. to one. Uh, Kind of a crazy game. Uh, Callahan takes a big hit uh, and run at Latang. He gets a five-minute major. Uh, you know, the Penguins can't score uh, on that you know, big power play. Um, Tampa Bay ends up getting, you know, getting some goals and getting ahead, and they end up winning this game uh, three to one in the first uh, matchup in the Eastern Conference Final. So it's going to be interesting on this one to see how it plays out because there's also word that Stamkos may come back uh, in one of the later games in this series too. Yeah, and you look at that that injury with Bishop and him having to get stretchered off. It looked uh, just a, like he was done for the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's extremely lucky for them that he is day to day right now. He might not start game two, but I mean, the fact that he's not, you know, ruled out for the whole playoffs right now is huge for them if they're they're going to make a real run at this. And and you know, kudos to Vasilevsky for coming in and doing really well. And and you know, there's, there's two rookie goalies in that. This late in the playoffs, you don't really see that that often with Matt Murray out uh, in net for Pittsburgh. Obviously, because Fleury has been out with a concussion, and, and Murray's been playing some you know really good hockey, and now Vasilevsky has to come in for Bishop. So it's it's kind of an interesting situation in goal in that series. But yeah, I mean Tampa Bay has been fighting against it all playoffs. They've had no Stamkos, they've had no Strawman. Um, you know, the Kucherov has been great for them. Johnson has been good. Druen, like we've mentioned all along last podcast, has come back and done amazing for them. So, uh, I mean, it, it's a, it's a great story in the playoffs, and, and you know they're really doing it as a team. And um, you know they have a real shot here, going up one nothing against Pittsburgh, uh, taking away. Uh, uh, I think they took away home ice from from Pittsburgh. I, I think it was played in Pittsburgh in game one. So now, you know they've they've got a good chance to to uh, you know go up 2 nothing and go to home with a 2 nothing series lead here. Yeah, and and what do you think? You know, we talked about this. Um, uh, you're right, by the way. They, they did win on the road. So um, what do you think, though? Before the series started, we both thought Pittsburgh would win. Do you think they still will? Or does anything from game one change your mind as to who will win the series or how far it will go? Uh, you know, I, I, I still think Pittsburgh can win this series. Um I think it's going to be close. I think uh, depending on how you know quickly Stamkos comes back, obviously they've shown they don't need him in the playoffs, but he would definitely help their their chances. But you know, I, Pittsburgh played a really sloppy game in Game One. Um, you know, Latang got kind of run from behind on Callahan in, in one series, and, and that threw him off his game. But I think they'll come out strong in Game Two and, and win Game Two, and they'll be tied at one. And, and from there, it's anybody's—it's still anybody's series. Um, I, I still give a slight edge to Pittsburgh. I, I think, you know, I really think they're—they're going to do it this year, moving to the the finals to play St. Louis. But you know, I—I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Tampa came out and won this series. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I really think this series is going to go seven games. I, I really—I think it's going to go the distance. And, I mean, I lean towards Pittsburgh winning this one, but I wouldn't, be, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tampa Bay uh, pulls it out. Uh, like you said, they've already faced adversity uh, the entire playoffs, and, and they've been winning. 
You know, I didn't even have them getting this far in my bracket. So, uh, you know, they've been doing it. Um, but also, you can't discredit uh, Pittsburgh taking out Washington. Uh, obviously, they know they played a poor game one. They had opportunities to jump out ahead. I mean, they could have gotten one or two or three goals in that first period to really jump out ahead and, and take control of the game. And they weren't able to do that. And then even with Bishop going out, they were, you know, Tampa Bay was still able to, to build a lead and win. So they know they can play better against in game two. And I, I think they're going to come out stronger in that. And, and like you said, most like, uh, likely tie it up, but it's going to be a fun series to watch. I mean, the, so is San Jose and St. Louis. I, you know, um, I'm not really rooting against anybody. Uh, may, maybe the Sharks a little bit, uh, obviously, because you know they're our, the Ducks' rival, and we don't want to see them uh, get up there. But it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, if the Sharks do make the final, though, I am kind of, kind of, you know, wishing that they did because I may try to go to one of those games. You know, um, San Jose is obviously it's not down the street from Anaheim, but I mean it's not far on a plane ride. So if they do make it, I might might try to go to one of those Stanley Cup final games and uh, watch that. You know, if they regardless if it's Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh or whatnot. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to try and you know watch as many of these games as possible. I wasn't able to watch the um, the first Pittsburgh one. You know, obviously had some personal things going on this week, as uh, some of you have seen on my Facebook and, and things going on. Uh, all good stuff with my family, but uh, it's going to be fun, Eddie. Uh, watching these last two, I mean, obviously disappointed that the Ducks are not in it, and uh, that we're sitting here talking about you know who we're going to keep on the team and who's going to be the coach and those kind of things. I mean, obviously it's going to keep us busy for the summer um, watching that and giving the updates. And you know, you and I'll have plenty to talk about. Um, it seems like every week something comes up, someone says something, or someone gets moved, and. And it's just going to be interesting. I, I really want to see if any other names pop up uh, in Anaheim. Uh, you know, like I said, maybe Dallas Eakins is another name that might get thrown around more with the goals. You know, getting knocked out by Ontario, unfortunately, in this uh, this last week. Yeah, and you know, quickly going back to, to you know talking about watching the the playoffs right now, it's going to be a little bit more exciting for a couple people here because uh, we haven't really updated in, in a little bit. But the the bracket challenge obviously is still going on. Um, I'm done. I believe Mike's probably done too. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Um, it looks like there's pretty much only three people, in, and I guess really two, because one person has second and third locked up with two very similar brackets. Um, and it's pretty much between them right now. We have a uh, guy's account name is TBL with three exclamation marks. He's uh, in first right now with 176 out of uh, 200 points. And uh, he's got St. Louis and Tampa Bay in the final. they well, and both of these people have predicted the Final Four perfectly. So they, he's got St. Louis and Tampa Bay, and uh, Dale7238 has San Jose and Pittsburgh. So somebody's going to win mm, it, and whoever gets yeah. that right, it's going to be one of them who, who moves under the final and obviously ends up winning the jersey in the end. But So we're down to two or down to two people now, so it's <laughs> sorry for everybody else who's on the outside looking in. Obviously, I'm in the same boat with you, but... Uh, we're winding down here, and it's going to be a little bit more exciting, I guess, for them to to watch these last few games. Yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people in our bracket with uh, the Ducks getting knocked out and Washington getting knocked out. I know that really, you know, messed up a lot of the bracket and and changed things around. But yeah, it'll it'll be down to those two and see who wins. And uh, obviously, we'll post that when we. Uh, find the winner and, and get their jersey done for that contest. And uh, also second and third are still going to win stuff as well. So, you know, just keep our eye. We've got, you know, at least a couple more uh, weeks uh, to go before everything gets uh, at least to the, the final and we figure out who the last two teams are going to be. So 
it's going to be fun times. We're still going to, you know, follow everything that's going on in the uh, the month of May. And um, if you want, I, I mean, I know the goals are gone too, but there's um, you still have the IIHF going on right now. Um, you know, Perry's been doing well, scoring some goals. Uh, Canada's been, you know, dominating their five zero and zero. You have Finland that's also winning in that five zero and zero. And then Russia, who you can't discount because now they've got Ovechkin on there too, Eddie, and they're uh, four zero and one. So it might be one of those three teams that wins this uh, tournament right now. Yeah, and and you know Russia just picked up uh, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Uh, you know Canada, like you said, is undefeated. So is Finland, and I mean they're in the same group. So by the end of uh, the group stage, one of them's gonna one of them's gonna have to lose because they're gonna play each other coming up in a few days. So that's gonna be a good game for sure. But you know, there's some really good, uh, really good players here. Obviously, at the uh, the World Championships, uh, you know, Perry's playing uh, for Canada. You've got Barkov and and uh, Patrick Laine is obviously playing for for Finland, and he's projected to be one of the top two picks. And Austin Matthews is is playing for US, and uh, and he scored today too. So it's a it's a fun tournament to watch this year. I usually don't watch it, but it's a little bit different with, you know, obviously being able to see two of the top draft uh, prospects uh, playing in the tournament, and doing so well, and. And it's a, it's an interesting one to watch this year. So if you if anybody gets a chance, you know, um, Finland's a fun team to watch. Uh, obviously, you can watch the U.S. Uh, for most of you listening are probably from the U.S., so you can watch them too. And even if you can't catch a Canada game because uh, their games are usually pretty fun, most of the guys playing all play in the NHL, so it's a it's a pretty fun tournament this year. Yeah, and then uh, coming up in September too, you know, you have the uh, World Cup of Hockey, which that'll be even probably more exciting because there'll be more regular NHLers than that. So that's the other thing to to look forward to. Uh, you know, obviously after the uh, the draft and all the free agency madness that's going to come up. Um, so with that, I mean, that's pretty much the show for this week. Uh, you know, we're also having a sale too on our hockey stuff. Uh, if you get a chance, um, you can go to dnphockey.com, put in the uh, code uh, fifty off, so five zero. OFF and uh, everything's 50% off right now so we're trying to blow out some of the stuff for this year uh, we had some more shirt ideas that we were going to do for the playoff but you know, unfortunately with the Ducks going out we just decided to hold off uh, you know on that because uh, we'll just wait till next season uh, and see what happens uh, with this roster and how the Ducks do Eddie but uh, we'll be busy this summer for sure and keep you up to date and uh, thanks for listening as always 